Dr. Mike here. So you know, when it comes to living forever-ish, you gotta know what's in and you gotta know what's out. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. Well, hello, welcome to Live Forever-ish. I'm your host, Dr. Mike, and I am here with... Dr. Crystal. Great to see you. This is one of our favorite podcasts. This is where we review some of the latest science about living forever-ish using the Life Extension magazine, something you should definitely check out if you haven't. So we cover three ends, three things you want to do or need to focus on or something like that. Right, Dr. Crystal? And That's then right. One, one out. Um, and today's out, for some reason, made me laugh a little bit, but we'll get to that in a moment. Okay, so because it's obviously an out, but we'll get there. Okay, okay. so in, in number one, if you want to live forever-ish, is testosterone. And the fact that, I, I don't think a lot of people realize this, low testosterone is linked to higher mortality rates, right? Yes, and uh, we uh, highlighted a study, a recent study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. Now, I would have to say this study is following men. However, women, testosterone's for you as well. That's true. But in this study, they included almost 150,000 men between the ages of 40 and 69. And it's one of those uh, types of studies where you kind of follow these groups of people, these, these large groups of, of individuals over a long time span. So, I mean, this, these, the study started in 2006, but ultimately the subjects were followed, um, up until April, 2020. And so they, they had blood samples of the, these, uh, the testosterone for these individuals. And then, you know, you follow them and you can say, you know, the, the individuals that had the higher testosterone level, did they die? If so, you know, what was the cause of their Mm -hmm. death? And then you can start making these associations and kind of building these relationships to see right yeah you know if your testosterone was higher did you pass away and from what and and these 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 clinical trials are very interesting they're reviews basically they're observational but they give us a lot of information and and in this particular study it was simple right men whose testosterone levels were among the top 25 percent of participants um fared better than those that had lower testosterone. And then, and in that lowest group, right, the lowest 20%, mm-hmm. according to that study, had a 14% greater risk of dying from any cause. Yeah. And that I always think any cause, that means that the testosterone is supporting your immune system. It's supporting your brain. It's supporting your heart. It's, you know, it's supporting major body systems, which it's not really a surprise to, to me. Yeah, yeah. But at the top of that list of of what caused death was cancer, which was really interesting. So out of all the deaths that could have happened and why, cancer was was pretty high up there on that list for these men who had the lowest testosterone levels. Very interesting, right? Yes. So that's testosterone. So we want to keep it high uh, or optimal. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. we like to say at Life Extension. There's different ways to do that. I take DHEA. Oh, that's a, um, that's another hormone, but it's a, it, 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 it's kind of a precursor into testosterone. So 
I've been doing DHEA for several years now, and it seems to work for me. I have a nice DHEA level. My my free testosterone is is pretty good. The last time I checked it. So that's just one way. There's a, you, yes. you can do testosterone if that. That's you know, true. You know, with testosterone, you will need a prescription from a physician. So you know, many people do go the route that you're going, Doctor Mike. Yeah. So that's that's number one. In you got have have and you know and I think you know what we could say, Doctor Crystal. I think we could just say you know what's in balanced hormone levels across the board. Yes, I agree. Because when you start, you know, taking testosterone or even DHEA, it can convert into estrogen. So you want to make sure you're balancing estrogen. And, and there are many, many hormones in that cascade that need to be balanced. Yeah. And hormones, um, you know, for the audience, you think of them as your messengers between your brain and your body. Your brain needs to do things. Uh, your your brain needs your body to do things, and it mm -hmm. uses hormones to kind of communicate those messages. And so if your hormones across the board are low, your brain and your body have a communication breakdown, and lots of, um, you know, age-related disorders start to pop up. I don't, I mean, it's not, it's not that difficult to understand that, at least for me. That's just my opinion. Yes. Okay. That was in number one. In number two, routine... PSA screenings. Prostate cancer is the second leading cause of death in American men. So it's, I guess we're talking about men today. <laughs> yes. Well, the first two are, yes, they are about men. But I, I found this um, very interesting, Dr. Mike. Um, and the reason I wanted to include it is because there is continues to be a debate in the medical community yeah. as to whether or not a man should have routine PSA screenings. If so, what age should they start? What age should they stop? You know, yeah. th there's been a big debate. And, th and, and that, listen, the debate is legitimate and we should have that debate. You know, you know where it comes from, Dr. Crystal, is there have been quite a high number of men who ended up having, you know, prostate biopsies, even prostate surgery, simply based on a high PSA without conclusive evidence that there's cancer. And that's part of the problem. Just because you have a high PSA, that doesn't mean you got to jump to the most invasive stuff. And I think that's where some of that debate is coming from. So, so it, are, are there better ways of testing the prostate, better, better ways of screening for prostate cancer? PSA is fantastic. It's just not perfect. That's the problem. Yeah, it's it's not perfect. I, I agree. And but we do know is that the screening, at least what the, the current data is showing us now, that some of the initial recommendations, like back in 2008, there was a, a task force, the U.S. State, uh, the United States Preventative Services Task Force that started scaling back saying that if you're over 75 you don't need to get to the to get screened and then in 2012 there's a, a recommendation against PSA screening for yeah, all men dropped. 50 yeah. years of age it dropped yeah the age dropped yeah so uh, yeah now that no I no I I think that's just irresponsible I think well, I think it has it has its role yes I, 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 I could make an argument about over 75 fine but when they dropped it down to 50 that yeah, that's probably I know. too. Low. 
And yeah. you know what? Well, what's happened now, if you fast forward to, you know, 2016, they actually had to backtrack some of those recommendations because they found an increase in men diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer. And to me, that's sad because if you can yeah. catch prostate cancer early, you can cure it. It's one of yeah. those few cancers that you can cure and you can be okay. But if you let it go, you wait, mm -hmm. then, you know. Yeah. So I agree. I, I think, I think PSA um, is important. I, I, I think it should be part of a routine blood workup every year for a man, at least in starting in your fifties. And some might, might even argue earlier than that. Um, we could have the debate whether it needs to be done in men 75 or older. That's fine. But if you're if you're if you're younger than 75, you should be checking your your PSA every once in a while. Right. Yes. And, you know, my father, I've talked about this. He had prostate cancer and he was diagnosed um, earlier, you know, in his um, late 40s. Or, and the doctor gave him an option as to whether or not he wanted to move forward with treatment or, or watchful waiting because it tends to grow very slow. And so it all depends on your life expectancy. Do you expect to live longer? If yeah. so, maybe you should consider treatment. If not, usually the prostate cancer is not what's going to be the thing to take you out. And I think that's a part of the debate as well. Well, you know, for me, it's I, you know I, that's fine. But if you're in your 50s and you have prostate cancer, it should be treated 100%. If you're in your 80s and you get prostate cancer, that's a decision mm -hmm. between you and your doctor and your family if you want to treat it, right? Because it yeah. does. It tends to be even aggressive prostate cancer takes years to actually become metastatic at the end of the mm -hmm. day. That's, all right, so that's so in number two, yeah, get your get, get your PSA checked. Um, it's still very important. It's not. Is it perfect? No, it's not. But Let's be honest, no screening tool is perfect, right? I mean, that's just not out there, but it is useful and it is helpful. So that is in number two. In number three, now I know Dr. Crystal chose this because this is just one. She loves to eat lemons and cook with lemons and I don't know. Do yes. you, I'm just making that up. <laughs> and, oh, no, I do. I cook with lemons. When I have lemons or if I've, I I squeeze lemon on my food and then I squeeze some juice on my hands. So I rub the lemon juice on my hands. I so And then I use the lemon peel in my garbage disposal to clean so, that. So if you haven't. OK, so if you didn't know, in number three is lemons. Um, no, I, I use lemons a lot, too. Uh, I, I think citrus added to all kinds of foods just wakes things up. You know, I, I, I actually like that. So, and a lot of good, um, not just vitamins in, in lemons, a lot of good essential oils and the peel and stuff like that. Yes. And I think that's great to use, but why, but okay. So lemons are good. It's a fruit. Why did it make our list as number three for the ends for living forever? It may help with weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> And there you go. <laughs> yes, to validate me putting lemon in my water. Just so, you know, this was maybe selfish because I said, you know what? This has to be included. Uh, but yes, there's there's a study premenopausal in premenopausal women with uh, they were overweight, high BMI, and they followed a lemon detox diet for seven days. And and they saw improvement in their 
um, their blood sugar status or their insulin resistance, body fat, body weight, waist to hip wait, ratio. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Because I've read about some of these lemon diets that the celebrities do and stuff. And basically it has nothing to do with the lemon. They're just starving themselves. I mean, like, is that really what's going on here? Massive no. calorie restriction. I'll have to tell you that because I obviously I wanted to look a little closer. And yes, now in this study, they it was calorie restriction. So very low calorie diet per day. However, with that low calorie diet, one group had the kind of like the lemon detox with lemon and the other group had a very similar concoction, but it did not contain lemon. And they both, ah, so okay. same amount of calories, one, the, the detox gotcha. included okay. lemon and then another group, it did not. So what we're reporting it are the results in the group with the lemon. So the lemon made all the difference. <laughs> that sounds like a biased statement by somebody who loves lemons. <laughs> I'm just reporting the science, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, you had a group, they're low calorie diets, some were on lemons, some weren't. And the ones on lemons had better results. That's good. No, I, I think that's fantastic. Um, do we know why? What's going on? Why? What is it about lemons that, I mean, and you may not have an answer for that and that's fine, but do, but do we know what, what we think might be going on here? Well, maybe it's all about glucose. It seems to um, reduce the glycemic impact uh, whenever. So it's it's limiting glucose spikes. Ah, and I know that glucose. translates to, to yeah. improvements in weight. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's some of the enzymes. Um, I'm not quite sure, but, but it seems okay. like it I works. Like so I I'm going to do keep can... doing it, Dr. Mike. I can go with, oh, I know you are. I can go with that. I think the, the sugar issue, insulin issue, that's big. So that that's that's uh, very, very interesting. That's in number three, lemons. Now, we have to talk about what's out. If you want to live forever-ish, this is what you don't want or you don't want to do. And when I first read this, I did laugh because it's so obvious, Dr. Crystal. Out today for our, for our conversation <laughs> is heart attacks. Come on. I know. It's sort of like a duh. Yes, you yeah. don't want heart attacks, but so why why did you want to list it today? There must be something new here that we're we're finding. Well, what we're finding is that they don't have to happen. I mean, you know, although they do occur, there are many advances in medicine from like the development of medications to some of the the proven strategies, foods, exercises, um, managing your cholesterol. So yeah, the heart attacks happen, but they really don't have to happen. It's there. Yeah. There are preventative strategies that people no, sometimes need to be reminded about. No, for sure. I I, I you know there there are certain age related disorders that we deal with that that that's the sad thing about so many of them from diabetes, even to some certain cancers, definitely heart disease. I mean, these are things that are modifiable. Many, many of the risk factors, let's say it that way. Mm -hmm. When you look at something like heart disease or having a heart attack, 
many of the risk factors that are associated with that are modifiable, meaning meaning mm-hmm. you can actually make changes to reduce those risk factors in your life, right? That's right. So, um, and, and so, and then we do want to highlight some new advances with medications, um, things that you may want to incorporate. We all know about statins, very popular cholesterol medications. We They have been shown to lower heart attack risk by, by about 35%. There are we're not, against, we're not against medicines. We're not. We're we're not. We it's a balance, right, Doctor Crystal? It's not. You know, prescriptions aren't evil. Uh, nothing is evil. It's what it's about. What's best for you? And for many people, statins have significantly reduced the risk of having a heart attack. Yes, and it's not just about lowering cholesterol. Statins have a very uh, strong anti-inflammatory effect in the body as well. Yeah, which which more and more researchers are thinking that's probably that could be the key mechanism. Yeah, it's not necessarily the cholesterol as much as we <laughs> as we thought. Now, I worked with Brown and Goldstein. I told you that, right? No. Brown, yes, I did. I told you that Brown and Goldstein, the um, uh, Nobel Prize winners for. Uh, yes, I did. She's laughing at me right now. I told you that um, I worked in their labs at UT Southwestern. And so they they might they are going to stick with cholesterol, but mm-hmm. whatever inflammation is a big risk factor for heart disease, and statins could ultimately be anti-inflammatory. Yes, that's pretty cool. Anything else you want to um, highlight about heart heart risk, heart disease risk? Yes. Well, if you do find that you know that there are your statin, let's say you're on a statin and, and it's not really getting you to the level that your doctor wants you, then there are things that you can add on. There's a you know cholesterol absorption inhibitors. So there are other options, things that you can maybe add on to the statins as well that you may yeah. want to ask your doctor about. How many, so how many risk factors, uh, so it looks, okay. So there's your standard traditional risk factors, right? That, um, conventional doctors mm-hmm. talk about, right? and there's well, five or six, right? And, and, yeah. then, and then, but then there's so many more. So at life extension, we've, ident- where, what number are we at now? Like how many have we identified? 19. Nine. So we've identified 19 risk factors for heart disease and inflammation is one of them. Yes. Hormone issues. We talked about yes. hormones today, right? Excess glucose. Um, we talked about that sure earlier. We talked about that. So it's not just the cholesterol. And that's, I think that's the, the great message today for people. Mm-hmm. It's let, we got, we got to get away from the trig, triglycerides, cholesterol. Those are still risk factors, but there's so many more. And if, if, if you're only focusing on reducing cholesterol and that's it, and you're not even touching any of the other risk factors, you could still have a problem. Very true. That's right. So I think that's the, the, the great message out of this, that there's many things to look at and, and doing your best to modify all those, even if you modify all of them in just a simple ways, an easy way, that could have a great impact on your heart health. Absolutely. All right, Dr. Crystal, great job. That's our three ins and our out for the Life Extension Magazine. Um, you know, I, I like this one. That was good. I like this. I made fun I of the so heart too, attack. Dr. Ones, Mike. That, that was a good <laughs> I'm happy you bared with me with the lemon. 
I yes. appreciate that. <laughs> I, you know, that's fine. I like lemons too. I don't rub them on my hands. That's a little weird, but all right. Anyway, so thanks for watching or uh, for listening to Live Foreverish. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm here with Dr. Chris. So don't forget, you can go to liveforeverish.com and there are hundred, over 100 episodes now to download. You can like, you can share, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show. That's at liveforeverish.com. Again, I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.